What's up, everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of Harley's Hot Seat. I'm Harley J, and I will be your host for today. On today's episode, we have Heston Lehman as my guest. How are you doing today, Heston? Good, good. Happy to be in the hot seat. I know. It's, it's a clever name, isn't it? I like it. Clever name. It started out as a joke, and then it kind of became real, and so now... So today we are going to be talking about social psychology, also simpler known as people watching. So the most obvious question I should ask is how you got into it. Honestly, I think it's just, I think it's funny enough going straight into it. It's human nature. It's what, it's what everybody does. Everybody, uh, we kind of feed off other people. And I mean, I think as an American society, we judge people more. But um, I think that it's something that I specifically... I'm very self-aware. I kind of, I kind of people watch myself more than anybody. I hyperanalyze my decisions or things I'll say, stuff like that. I totally, I totally agree. Um, especially when it does come to America. So fun fact, I studied abroad in Italy, you know, with a whole bunch of other Americans and it was really funny trying to watch them. Like you would have people like me who were trying to learn the language and interact with people from Italy and then people who would just sort of yell out yell at them in english hoping they would hear them so oh, that's interesting it, it was very interesting it was really it was because i remember one time i went to a gelato shop and if you haven't had gelato from italy it's not real it's it's not real here but i asked but the the girls in front of me asked for gelato they sort of just yelled in english and they kind of made her a little bit mad i tried to speak italian cannot speak it anymore do not ask me but I tried, and I ended up getting free gelato because she thought I did such a good job. Hey, there you go. Pays pays to try, right? I mean, I think we we do the same thing here in America with uh, foreigners. You know, typically people that speak Spanish, where we'll, we'll just re- they'll just repeat whatever it is they're saying over and over again until we're like, no español. There's no other no other way to get around it. Yeah, it's really interesting, and I don't know if it's sort of like because you know, not if you're from America. Sure, you say from the United States, but then you know everybody has their um, like lineage from somewhere else. So I don't know if there's like a specific uh, like nationality that you're from, where more people, well, certain people do it more. If it's more of like a personable thing, like an individual thing. Yeah, I mean, my my uh, lineage. I'm. I think my father's side is from Guatemala, and my mother's side is from Germany. So you got a whole mixing pot in you. Oh yeah, I'm a mutt. It's all right, we appreciate mutts. You know, dog form and people form. I'm actually. I don't know. No, my grandma's side. No, my grandpa's side is German. So I'm an eighth German, which is really weird. Yeah, I think it's uh, my last name. Funny enough, even though my dad's side is Guatemalan, my last name from my dad's side has some German in it because Kleeman is German. Yeah, it's definitely interesting with the last names. My grandpa, no, my great grandpa changed how my last name was spelt because he didn't want to be associated with it. Yeah, so my last name's Sorrels, but it used to be with like only one L or one S or something like that. And so he added a couple extra letters. That's really funny. Well, we should probably stay on topic, but I'll just say real quick. I have a family friend whose last name is Lamar. And just a few years ago, we were at a family reunion and he was there and he pulled out uh, his great grandfather's driver's license, which was just a sheet of paper back then. And his last name was Lehman, spelled just like mine. And he changed his name to Lamar. So now, of course, old family friends were all making connections that apparently were actually related. Yeah, that's funny. It's interesting how people in previous generations take things. Mm-hmm. Speaking of generations, you know, we have our parents or grandparents, great-great-parents. Do you think um, that social psychology has sort of 
played a role in how I think our generation sort of people watches a little bit more. Definitely. I think that that has to do with the media, the social media era that we're in. I, I think that there's really nothing to do except, except that. Like, uh, you know, obviously you go back to the industrial age and what made somebody matter was their physical contribution to society you know what could they labor right where nowadays what you can contribute is your opinion marketing is a massive degree right now everybody's going for a business degree a marketing degree or a psychology degree like mental health was not even really a thing that people worried about way back then you know it was either you're sane or you're crazy there was no in between so yeah i think that we're actually in kind of like the the height the peak biggest generation so far the the most well known for people watching you know social judging whatever you want to call it i totally agree especially with how social media and you know growing up we were when we looked at the media those were what like they were the attributes we were supposed to have like like um for a chance of like a like a girl you know you're supposed to be tall skinny blonde hair so if you ever think anything but that you sort of felt like oh you don't belong you're judged you're not supposed to do that stuff yeah do you think social media has also helped us perceive each other in more of a positive light as well or do you think it's solely going to be based off negative ways mm, that's a really good question i've i heard it best from actually a sermon it was um ben corson who's a pastor in uh oregon where i'm from and uh he said the issue with social media is if you're if you're a user and you're you're looking at somebody's feed and you're you know looking at other people's social media you're comparing your behind the scenes to their highlight reel and so i think that i think that people only post their highlight reel um it's become a little less few and far between recently like I think, I don't know, I'll see things on TikTok or on Instagram where people show real human emotion and, and you know, stuff like that. But for the most part, all you see is perfectly, you know, manicured supermodels, whether that be gym guys or girls that make you feel inferior. So I think that you all, I, all you see is positivity, but I think all it creates is negativity. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, because when it does come to posting, you really just want to show your best life on social media. I don't know necessarily if everybody does it to sort of do that whole, like, my life is better than yours type thing, but I, it ha- I think it has created negative aspects. Well, I think that comes down to what like, we're uh, talking about, the psychology of it. I think that subconsciously everybody is. Oh, not everybody, but most people, you know, like it's, it's kind of interesting. If you take down to like a breakup, right? You know, you take a modern day millennial breakup and you look at what's going on on social media. It's obvious what's happening. He's, he's posting that he's out at the bar. She's posting that her friend came over and it's, it's not subconscious at that point, but we all know what's going on. I think that that's something that we just, it's just something that we do now as millennials that's become the new norm is to express kind of passive aggressively, whatever we're feeling. You know, if you're, you see all the time people posting whatever sad song they're listening to or this, that, or the other. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I, I think you're, especially with the breakup things, cause you know, you'll have like um, tweet threads about certain people where it's indirectly about them or people yeah. like, you know, the thirst traps on social media to put yourself out there. Like, haha, I'm doing better th- now that you're not in my life. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's quite weird how people have taken advantage of social media when it does come to psychology. Definitely, yeah. 
and and not only that but like um marketing it there's all the literally they're using social media as a platform now which all marketing is is psychology it's it's finding a way to appeal to a a target market and Mm -hmm. it's funny um i forgot who it was that did a study on it but they were some model some woman that was you know a big social media influencer on instagram and she sold a book I think it was called like how to get a girl like me. So basically that was what it was. It was about, it was about how to, how a guy can get a girl like her. And there was almost no sales because the people that are following her aren't looking, you know, the, the target target demographic was off. And I think that it's interesting how um, just how social media is, has become the new marketing like baseline. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. Um, when I was at school, I studied social media. That's what I wanted to do with social media marketing. But I think the statement that sex sells, sex sells is still unbeneath. Like it's it's a fact even to this day. Oh, one hundred percent. But it really does depend because you have to do research and research on your audience, and that study proved it. Proved it. Look at look at OnlyFans. OnlyFans is probably one of the biggest growing markets recently. And that's, I, I mean, all that it's used for, essentially. I'm not going to lie. When OnlyFans started, I really just thought it was a joke. Me too. Like, I was like, this now is I not... Now I want to sign up and start mine. No, I'm just kidding. But... <laughs> I mean, hey, no judgment. You know, if you need to make a little extra cash, make a little extra cash. <laughs> when it comes to, you know, social society and societal norms, do you think we're more influenced by social media or the people that we're actually around in real life, like our friends and family? Wow, that's a really good question. I think that that's completely case by case. I think there's, I think that kind of split right down the middle. Um, there's some people that are and some people that aren't. Um, I personally am more influenced by the people around me in my real life. But there's, it's just a generational gap. There's some, there's a, plenty of people that I think you know, this next generation, uh, more and more so are going to be influenced more, more by online than they are ever in person. Because the thing is, it's a, it's a shield. It's something they can hide behind. They don't have to actually interact. If they get bullied at school, whatever it is, they can just refrain back to their online persona and go from there. Or, you know, however, however it is, it works out, maybe vice versa. I, yeah, I totally agree. Right now I have a... So I have a 13-year-old sister and I have a 20-year-old sister. And so it's been interesting seeing how... Because my 20-year-old sister, she grew up with the beginning of the social media ages because she's only a few years younger than me. And the, my 13-year-old sister, she's in the middle of it. So she's on, like, TikTok all the time. She's online all the time. I don't think the pandemic has helped when it comes to social interaction in real life. So it's been interesting how her screen times are definitely a lot higher than mine. Yeah. Definitely. Like I have a, I have a niece and nephew and they, I believe they're a oh, horrible uncle. Uh, I think they're nine and 12 now. And, um, or he's 11. Yeah. He's, he's almost 12. And, um, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's the iPad parenting age. They, you know, I love, I love their mother, but she is way, they're way too reliant on the tablets, the iPads, the consoles for, as babysitters, you know, if she she's a single mom so she needs time to do something she'll stick a movie in front of them or an ipad and they're taken care of for hours and honestly they can operate those things better than i even can it's insane yeah it makes you feel at home when like 
your younger cousins or nieces come up to you and be like, let me tell you how to use this. And I'm like, ah. I'll never forget the time I went home uh, for the holidays and I saw my nephew and he wanted to play Super Smash Bros with me. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, let me let Uncle Heston show you how it's done. And so I'm kind of just having a conversation with my sister while we're playing. And all of a sudden he it says game over and he won. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, I wasn't actually paying attention. And I played probably five games and I could not beat him at this. I was hit. I was like, I can't, my reign, my reign is over. I will never be good at video games again. No, our, our time is gone, you know, it's over for us. We've become our grandparents, you know, just at, in our early twenties, we're grandparents now. That's so weird. How do you think the influence and like social psychology, people watching everything is going to change once the world sort of goes back to normal? Because right now everybody's sort of been locked up. For lack of a better term, you know, we're staying social distancing everything. Do you think we're going to be able to go back to how it was? Or do you think it's going to be everybody still obsessed with screen time and social distancing? And I only have to go out and see if I have to. Not really a want to be social face to face. I think we're going to see a spike and then a, and then a drop off. If, if, if we were able to, to chart social media use after the pandemic ends, I think that's what you'll see. It'll be people are going to be used to this social media hype, hype, and when they can finally go out, they're going to post every every damn cup of coffee, every breakfast spot, bar, drink, in everything they do. It's going to be crazy. But I think after that, I, at least people like me, people that I know, people in my social circles, I don't imagine us caring that much after our first few days out in society. I think that. People, if anything, will just be sick of it. They'll want to go camping. They'll want to go to the beach and do things, you know. But obviously, there's that's within reason. We're always going to have social media, and it'll plateau, and it'll go back to the way it was. Yeah, it's definitely been interesting, especially now. Like, over the summer, um, you've seen a lot more people interested in going out in nature and exploring the world with camping and everything. Like the, I think our resale is, like, skyrocketed. Yeah. yeah so it's going to be interesting with the whole change and... And then you have a generation that that's you know like two that are being born to like five year olds right now that have only been around pandemic and social media change. So it's like they were on social media, they went into pandemic on social media. They're probably just gonna leave on social media. Yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> There's just gonna be a lot more people that'll beat you at um, Super Bros, Smash Bros. Yeah, exactly. That's all it means, man. Your your reigning champion is over. It's over. I'm done. done. Uh, I gotta. Uh, it's okay. They'll live on for me. <laughs> oh yeah, just pass it on to the next person. Be like, all right, go ahead, go ahead. Pass the torch. I'll take pride in my until until I have a son, and then you know I'll have to teach him, and then I'll have him kick my nephew's butt. There you go. There you go. Send somebody to do your battles. So when it comes to perceiving other people, like we talk about people watching, and you know you judge people on social media, do you think? our perceptions are more controlled by our individual opinions based on things that we find on social media or more based on how like our family talks about people like going into a store seeing somebody extremely covered head to toe in tattoos certain people are um trained to thought oh that's bad other people are like those are some really nice tattoos how'd you do that yeah i think i think that there's always going to be because your family is essentially peer pressure, and not in a bad way, but it's it's a foundational peer pressure 
uh, to, to, to agree with them, at least for a healthy family dynamic, you know, and this, this is all in, in the assumption of mother, father, you know, child, white picket fence, normal American home in that sense, then yeah, I think your family is always going to have a bit of a hold on, on how you would perceive something because that's what you're used to. That's your, that's your standard, right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it depends on where you're at in life. Like I, I moved out years ago and I don't really, you know, consider my parents for, for their opinion on something, but their values are always with me. You know, I think of when I hard labor, I grew up on a farm, you know, so I think of way back when, what would, what would dad do if I had to fix this pipe right now? You know, so there's always going to be some, uh, some standards from your folks, but I think that social media really only influences that millennial generation that much right now where that's their only source. If you know, you're living on your own, maybe you're in college, something like that. You don't have a lot of other interaction and all of your opinions are coming from that social media. Yeah, I totally agree. I really do think it's how you're brought up. Cause I, you know, born and raised state of Utah, not super diverse, not super interesting, but I got to go to college in Vegas. So it was definitely a whole 360 turn and I think my morals values and own opinions have changed yeah no definitely Vegas is well Vegas is its own animal let me tell you (laughs) that's such a party I loved it it was a great time wish I could hopefully move back there one day eventually someday do you think our individual opinion you know how you mentioned that you sort of grow up with your parents values and morals and then you leave you know explore your life do whatever go to college go military go whatever direction even just to move out do you think we create our own individual opinions based on age like as we get older or based on the different experiences because i've met you know teen year olds who are a lot more mature than my 30 year old cousins Oh, definitely. I think that experience matters. I'll say this. It's really, it's really a little mix of both. Um, Cause I, I think that I was a pretty mature kid growing up. I, I skipped, my parents uh, rushed me through school. So I graduated high school like three years early. And so I was going to college young. And um, when I was 18, I dated uh, this girl that was like a few years older than me. I think she was like 24. Like it was a pretty big age gap. And the maturity thing was there. Um, That was never an issue, but the life experience, I think there's a difference in that sense. The life experience, she, you know, she'd say like, there's just a, there's just a difference between your twenties. And like, now that I'm that age and I, I see the difference, I can respect it, but I don't think that I've matured a whole lot, uh, since then i think my values are all pretty much the same it's just life experience it's it's kind of like training versus executing you know like you talk i don't know like the military they train 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 all they want or or cops or firefighters but until you're in front of that fire you know execution is what gives experience yeah i totally agree skipped one grade and i graduated college like two years early that's about it pretty good yeah it's not bad that's what you get you know for doing college high school same time we love dual enrollment. Okay, so my final question is uh, social psychology more directed towards individual self. Um, like you said, you people watch yourself, you know, the most. Like you check on everything you do. Is that just how you were raised to do? Or do you think you've just learned throughout life that you have to pay more attention to yourself than people around you? That's a good question. I think that, I think that that's just my personality. I think that I 
I'll be the first to say that there, I have a million flaws and, you know, there's plenty of things wrong with me, but if there was one thing that I it would admit I do pretty well, it's, it's self-awareness, you know, like, and almost to a fault, not even almost to a fault to the point where like, I'll make a decision and I'll think my way out of like giving myself credit. I'm, I'm too critical. You know, I think it's just my personality. It's the way I always do things. If I do something good, I'll think about it all the way into the point where I find what I did wrong, you know? Oh, so you're like your worst critic. Oh, completely. Do you have an example of of a way that this went good and a way that this is bad for you? I don't know if I could say I have an example of of a specific time, but I think it's it's daily. You know, like it's it's uh, in a, in a good way. I think that it helps me to kind of you know correct mistakes. Where like if I'll do something wrong. Or I'll do something mundane and I can overthink it to the point where I'm like, yeah, I could have done that better. And that leads to improvement, which is good. And then there's also times, like I said, where I'll do something, I don't know, I'll, I'll give out a dollar to the homeless guy on the road. And then I think about it so much and I'm like, did I really do that for him or did I do it because that cute girl is looking? Like, I'll <laughs> overthink something to the point where I, uh, you know. All right. Honesty. You know, we're here for it. Oh, ultra honesty, which is, yeah, <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> Definitely can be, definitely can be. Yeah, it's interesting to be your worst critique. Like, I can, I think I do it not more of what I do, but when it comes to, like, projects that I've done. Like, after, you know, this interview, we'll finish this podcast in about two hours. I'll end up writing down, like, 17 other questions that I could have asked you that I think would have been better for the interview. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Oh, yeah. It's a great time. Such a great time. All right, Heston, well... Thank you again so much for being my podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Um, where can people find you on social media? All my social media is the same. It's all either Heston Aaron or Heston underscore Aaron. Uh, Instagram's Heston Aaron and then everything else. Um, or I'm sorry, Instagram is uh, underscore everything else is without. Yeah, everybody go ahead and give them a follow. And thank you to everybody who's been listening, whether this is your first episode or you've been here since day one, I really do appreciate it. And if you know anybody or you would like to be on the podcast, feel free to DM me on Instagram or Twitter at hardj 98 And I hope you have a great day.